And if you'd, uh, if you'd like to be getting your Bibles and heading back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, to the passage that uh, Jared read for us, and while you're, uh, while you're doing that, uh, our daughters, Megan and, and Rebecca, over the last few months have really started getting into watching, uh, watching films. They love watching uh, some of the films that I really enjoy watching now, which is fantastic. And one of the ones we watched recently is one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, you might have seen it, the Disney Pixar film, The Incredibles, with the, uh, with the superhero family who are forced into uh, kind of living a, living a life undercover because uh, superheroes have been outlawed because of an insurance incident. And there's one, there's one scene in that film where uh, the mother, Helen, and the son, Dash, of the family, are in a car after another trip to the principal's office, the headmaster's office in the school. And as they're talking in the car about their abilities, their, their supernatural abilities they, that they've got, uh, Dash, the boy, says, Mom, you always say, do your best, but you don't really mean it. Why can't I do the best that I can do? And Helen, his mom, says, Right now, honey, the world just wants us to fit in. And to fit in, we've just got to be like everybody else. But Dad said, always said that our powers were nothing to be ashamed of. Our powers made us special. And his mom says, everyone's special. And Dash says, which is just another way of saying no one is. Now, that's a kind of, it's a kind of insightful line, isn't it? Maybe this morning that you, you feel like you're not special, that you don't have any abilities, you don't have any gifts. Or maybe this morning you kind of know that you've got some abilities, you've got some gifts that, that have been given to you by God, but you don't know how to use them. This morning, as we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 to 31, I want you to see that the Bible isn't like Helen, that character in, in The Incredibles, who wants to hide the abilities that she's got. That's not the Bible's view. And the Bible's view isn't like Dash's, where he says, if everybody's special, if everybody's gifted, it's just a way of saying that nobody is. As we think again this morning about the church, we've seen that as a church, we're called to belong to a church and to really belong to it. We've seen that that should be based on a covenant commitment to a church and not just coming to church because it makes us feel good inside, not having a, a comfort-based commitment to church. And last week, Will helped us to see what it meant to live as a family together as a church. Well, today, we want to see that there are roles for each of us to play in the life of that church family and that God has given us the gifts, the abilities, and the roles to play to help the church function to the best of its ability. So before we go into 1 Corinthians, um, I just want to pray again and uh, ask God to speak to us through these verses. Father, as, uh, as Jason prayed um, before we took communion, None of us in this room are, are perfect. We've all 
turned away from you, we've all sinned against you and against each other in different ways. Father, and I'm, I'm as conscious of that as anybody, Lord. And I thank you that, I thank you that you use us. And Lord, I just, I just pray that you'd use my mouth that so often uses impatient words or words that are not helpful. And just pray that you'd use it this morning to, to speak your words. Lord, I pray that you just speak to me first and speak to everybody here so that we can all see that you've given us roles to play. You've given us gifts to use in the life of your church here in, in Galway, Lord. And I just, Lord, I pray that you'd call us to serve each other and to serve you, Lord, through our love for you and our love for each other this morning. Amen. So if you've got... Uh, your Bible's open, and uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. And we'll see that Paul's, Paul opens with a, a now. So he's connecting, already connecting these verses to the verses that went before. And Paul, uh, as Jason preached uh, earlier in this series, has shown that we are united. We're united together as one body in Christ. And here, Paul is going to restate that point in the rest of verse 27. Now, you, you are the body of Christ. And individually, you together are the body of Christ. Individually, you are members of it. So Paul sets the scene once again for the verses that are going to follow. We are united together as members of the body of Christ, the church. But individually, as members of that body, just as individually the members of your physical human body have different ro roles and functions as the body of Christ, we each have different roles and functions. And Paul, as well, the language is kind of, it, it takes that we are united here today, locally, as the local church, the local expression of the body of Christ, and we are united more globally, more broadly too, as the body of Christ, globally, as a church. If, uh, if you go off and find an athlete, somebody who does a lot of sport, Justin, maybe, a really good runner. You could go and ask Justin after the service what happens to his ability to run if a bit of his body isn't working properly, if, say, his Achilles tendon stops working as well as it should, if it's, if it's a bit grumbly, a bit niggly. His whole running ability is not going to be what it was. And so it, so it is with this idea of the body of the church. Paul's going to say there are whole roles here Maybe they're not all glamorous. Maybe they're not all obvious. You know, if you're called to be an Achilles tendon, be an Achilles tendon. Do the job that you've been called to do, the role that you are gifted to do, and the church will function better because of it. 
Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administering, and various kinds of tongues. And God has appointed in the church. These are roles and gifts from God. God has appointed. He's divinely selected. Just as God calls each of us who are Christians into the family of God, God calls us into the roles that he has given us to play in the family, in the body of Christ. He has divinely selected the gifts that he gives us to allow us to play the roles that he has called us to. It's not in our power to choose those gifts. God has gifted us in different ways. To make, but it is in our ability, in our power to serve God using the roles and the gifts that he has given us to do. And we can only do that properly if we're empowered by God through the Holy Spirit in our hearts, in our lives. And all of these roles, all of these gifts are important, just like, just like those hidden bits of the body, the Achilles tendon, the, the gallbladder, whatever it is that it isn't seen, all of these roles are important in making the church work. So Paul goes off in the, next, in the rest of this verse to list a few, uh, a few roles. And he says, um, God is appointed in the church first apostles. Well, that's a kind of slightly surprising one to read as the first, uh, first kind of role in the church um, because we don't expect to see apostles here today. Um, Paul was an apostle because he had been appointed directly by Jesus and sent by Jesus. So it might be a surprise to see, see those, that as a first role, commissioned by Jesus to be his special representative we see in, in Matthew, uh, where Jesus appoints the 12 disciples as apostles. Then in Acts, we see them um, bringing in uh, a replacement for Judas Iscariot as an apostle. And then we see in Romans that Paul says that he is an apostle. Paul was added to, their, to the number as one who had met with Jesus and commissioned by Jesus to bring the gospel, the good news, to the Gentiles. I don't think that Paul here is expecting us to um, say that today in Galway City Baptist Church, we're going to appoint apostles. I don't think that's what he's saying here. And again, then we see prophets as the second one. The idea of a prophet as somebody who repeats uh, what God puts on their heart, puts on their mind. At the time that uh, Paul was writing here, they, we didn't have what we would say is the New Testament. In fact, he was writing the New Testament for us as he wrote this letter. Right now, it would be wrong of us to say, Jason's sermon last week or the week before, we should, we should take that and add it to the Bible as, as a new piece of the Bible. That would be totally wrong of us to say. So in some ways, we might not expect to see a prophet either. 
as a role in the church today. Or if somebody is speaking words that God has put on their hearts that match up with the Bible, we should weigh it and test it and evaluate it. We're not expecting to see that new revelation from God. But then Paul says, teachers. And that is a role that we expect to see in our church week by week. Will, last week, pointed us back to Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, where the church was seen to be devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. And so we expect to see teaching in the life of the church. Teaching, of course, is a, is a role that, and, and a set of gifts that comes with a warning. James, in, cha- in James chapter 3, verse 1, says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that, the, that we who teach will be judged with a greater strictness. So, while, while teaching is probably the main thing that we'd expect to see today, the main role out of those three that we'd expect to see today, we do expect to see something that functions like those things. Those uh, apostles, prophets, and teaching are there to build up a community, to build up a church, to help it to grow. And that is something that we will come back to in a, a few minutes, and it's something we expect to see inside our church today. Paul goes on with miracles, gifts of healing. I'm sure as he wrote here, he was thinking about physical healing. But of course, we know that people have other needs and there are other gifts in terms of uh, helping people who need spiritual healing or who need relational healing as well. We read uh, Psalm 146 before, didn't we, where it was talking about God reaching out to the blind, the widowed, the fatherless, the bowed down, all people who need healing in different ways. Paul goes on, helping those who are able to help others. Uh, Again, in particular, in the context here, it's probably the poor or the sick. But again, thinking about those those verses from Psalm 146, it could be the blind or the widowed or the fatherless or the bowed down. For those whose calling is to to help, like that Spurgeon, the, the great preacher, said, It's about having a tender heart to really care, a quick eye to see the need, a bent back to reach the need. A tender heart to really care, to love our family, a quick eye to see the need, a bent back to go out and work to meet the need. And another old Puritan preacher um, talked about Bartholomew, the disciple, who's never mentioned by himself. It's okay to be a helper. Bartholomew was never mentioned by himself, always as an and with one of the others. An and, an and. He was a helper, not a leader. And then we see administering, assisting in managing the affairs of the church. And Paul goes on with some of the other spiritual gifts as well about uh, speaking in tongues. So this isn't supposed to be an exhaustive list of every single uh, way in which you can serve a church or all the gifts that God might give in which you could serve a church. 
You only have to go back into verse 7 to see that Paul gives a different list. So these are not exhaustive, extensive lists. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 5, Paul said there's a variety of service, a variety of service, emphasizing again that the body of Christ needs to be diverse. And that because of that, there are a range of different ways in which we can serve God and serve each other. And so these, these are, there's gifts here that support teaching and support building up the fellowship in that way, and then gifts here that support the fellowship practically and building up the fellowship that way as well. But then in verses 29 and 30, Paul says, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? And the answer to all of those questions is, of course, no. And I think uh, Jared's version of the translation of the Bible said that at the end, no. The answer is no. Not everybody fits into every single role. So we might then ask, well, what are the roles that we have here at Galway City Baptist Church? How can we serve week by week? Well, we do have some named roles. They're not going to be found necessarily in that list that Paul wrote out. We have elders. We're talking about the idea of deacons. We have Sunday school teachers. We have a treasurer. We have a secretary. We have directors. We have the worship team and so on and so on and so on. But are all elders... Are all deacons, are all Sunday school teachers, are all treasurers, are all secretaries, are all directors, are all guitarists, can all do the sound desk? No. But there is a role for you to play. There is a role for you to play. Now, I just want to go back to some of those roles just very briefly because they're important and they're kind of well explained in the Bible. And I just want to step back and just say that we have the role of elder or overseer that is well defined. And like we saw in, uh, in the passage in 1 Corinthians about some of those gifts being about leading and building up a community the idea of the, the role of an elder, that's our role here, is to lead the community of the church, to shepherd the flock of, the, of believers, as 1 Peter chapter 5 puts it to be. And this is where it is really hard, okay? And this is where it's a real burden sometimes, is to be an example as well. Do you like that, Porg? Do you like being, a, being an example for everybody? <laughs> Okay, but it's to, to look after the needs of the church. In Timothy, we're called as elders to, to teach, to instruct, and to rebuke in Titus. And again, in 2 Timothy, to equip and help the kingdom to grow into the future. Now, as we saw 
with teaching in James. In 1 Peter chapter 5, for elders, we see we will have to answer to Jesus, to the great shepherd, one day for how we shepherd the flock here. And so I would ask that you pray for us as elders, that we can shepherd you and we can grow in how we do that. And then I mentioned this idea that we're talking about uh, the role of deacons and deaconesses within the church. There's a few things there that we're still uh, looking at and working through and exactly how that's, exactly that's going to look. But, and again, the role of deacon isn't, and deaconess isn't exactly uh, spelled out in, in kind of words of one syllable in the Bible, but in Acts chapter 6, we do see an example of what uh, deacons and deaconesses look like. In Acts chapter 6, they're disciples who love the people of the church, and they show their love for the people of the church practically to allow the good news, to allow the word and the spread of the gospel to be magnified. So they provide practical service, serving the community of believers. And then the apostles can step back from the practical, uh, delivering food or whatever it was at the time, and concentrate on prayer and teaching. And we see that because of that, the word of God, the kingdom of God spreads, and the number of disciples increases, and increases rapidly in Acts. But not all are elders, not all are deacons. So what is your role in the church? What are the gifts that God has given you to serve him in this church today and tomorrow and next week and in the weeks and months ahead? Do you even know what your gifts from God are and how you can use them? If, if you don't, we'd be more than happy to talk to you afterwards uh, and, and kind of help you to begin to explore what your gifts are and how you might be able to use them. So how are you using, if you do know what your gifts are, how are you using them today? We're going to be asking more people to serve um, on, a, on a Sunday in, in the services. Last week, Will put out a call for people who are interested in growing as a family in small groups. And we're going to need people to lead those small groups. There's going to be more and more opportunities to serve. In a few months' time, a group of us are probably going to be leaving here to worship in Oran Moor. And so we're going to need people to serve in Oran Moor, but we're also going to need people to serve in the roles that are left behind here as well. There's plenty of opportunity to serve. And so if you want to serve, again, Come and talk to us afterwards. And remember, all the roles that we play, even if you think it's a hidden role, even if you think it's something that nobody notices on a Sunday, all the roles we play, all the gifts we've been given by God are important in the functioning life of the church. So whether that's getting coffee ready, 
and helping with hospitality, whether it's helping to welcome people as they come in through the door, everything, all the roles and gifts we've been given as we put them into practice, they're all important in the functioning life of the church. And as Paul closes in verse 31, he says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts and I will show you a still more excellent way. I will show you a still more excellent way. See, it's okay to have the gift, but it's not just about having the gift from God. It's about what we do with it. If we get that gift, if we have those gifts from God, we have the roles set forward uh, before us from God, we have to use them and do them. And more, it's about how we go about using them and playing out those roles. The way in which our gifts are used carries at least as much importance as what the gifts are themselves. Will uh, preached in Oramore a few weeks ago from John 13, 34, and he talked about it last week here as well. A new commandment, Jesus says, I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. And one of the striking things about that verse and that commandment is that Jesus gives that command after serving his disciples by stooping to the status of the lowliest servant and washing their feet. Washing their feet that would have been kicking up all the dust and whatever else as they traveled around. Jesus washes their feet. And he gives that commandment just before he goes even further in his service of them. And even further in showing his love for them by going to die on the cross for them. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And so Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians to talk about serving each other in love, using the gifts that we have been given in love. This is the most excellent way that he's talking about, the more excellent way that he is talking about. Serving each other in love. And he goes on to talk about that, to use that passage that's so often uh, read out at weddings, saying that love is patient, love is kind, love is not boasting, love is not envious, not arrogant, not rude. And so our service, the way we use these gifts that we're given by God, is to reflect what love truly is, patient, kind, not boasting, not envious, not out of selfish desire for ourselves to gain. The British uh, pop band Mumford and Sons, a, a lot of their songs have biblical imagery in them, and one of their songs kind of captures what it is that this love is, the perfect love that God has. It says, love will not betray you, dismay you, or enslave you. It will set you free to be more like the man you were made to be. There is a design, an alignment, a cry of my heart to see the beauty of love 
as it was made to be. And so as we serve each other out of love for God and for each other in patience, in kindness, without boasting, without being envious, without being arrogant, without being rude as we serve, we'll do it imperfectly, we'll get it wrong, but we will serve in this more excellent way that God has for us. It's no use me sitting here on a Sunday morning and bitterly thinking, I wish I could play the guitar like Chris. I wish I could sing like Eleanor or Christina does. That's not the gift that God has given me. That would be going back to being like Helen in The Incredibles, having a gift, but hiding it away. God has given me gifts, and I'm gifted in other ways. But it's still no use me sitting there on a Sunday morning, listening to Porig preach and think, instead of listening to the words that God is sending out as Porig preaches, if I was sat there thinking, I wish I could preach like Porig preaches, that's not helpful either. Yes, I am imperfect as I come and I use the gifts that I've been given. Yes, I can, I can learn more about teaching and preaching, but not so I become objectively better as a preacher, but so that I am growing in using the gifts that God has given me and that I can serve God better and see his kingdom grow here more in depth and in number. I shouldn't be jealous of the gifts of others that God has given them because I have gifts and roles that God has given to me. And so I need to focus my eyes upwards on heaven, on God. I need my love for God to deepen so that that overflows into my love for each of you here. And with the help of God through the Spirit, my service of him, our service of him, our service then of each other will grow and deepen. And our love for each other will grow and deepen. And our service to each other and to God will be to the glory of God and will build each other up in the church. Do all things, Paul says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, to the glory of God. Even so, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12. Do all things to the glory of God. Amen.